There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Menopause is coming and the men have all left town. But I'm not giving up until I see that baby crown. 39 and single. Can someone help me out? He could be bald and bearded, shorter or tall. Funny, smart, love basketball. Gay, straight, black, white. Tiny eyes with an underbite. I just need sperm. Sperm cast. Hello. Welcome back to Sperm Cast and the second two-week wait. Is it me or are my nipples looking huge? <laughs> That's just one of the many thoughts that was racing through my head during the two-week wait in early January. And why were my boobs so sore? Was it because I was pregnant? Or was it because I was grabbing my boobs all the time to see if they were sore? You'll never know. Just kidding, you'll know by the end of this episode. For now, back to the two-week wait. I got a commiseration email from a friend and listener who shared a list of everything she's been doing in her past five months of two-week waits. She has... Calculated when this month's baby would be born to the day. Calculated how old she would be if she conceived this cycle, then waited two years and immediately conceived a second child. Recalculated, recalculated, recalculated. Planned how she'd tell her husband. Bought and wrapped an adorable tiny onesie for said plan. Planned where to hide the camera to record the moment. Forgot where the gift was hidden. Found it. Worried if she had the right lifestyle and enough financial stability to have the baby. Replaced drinking with a steady regimen of curated vitamins. Googled implantation bleeding 6,435 times to see if maybe that's what she was experiencing. It wasn't. Started and stopped tracking BBTs three times. Tried to restart tracking BBTs a fourth time, but discovered thermometer was broken. Decided to stop obsessing about the process. It'll happen when it happens. Resubscribed to obsessing. Unsubscribed to obsessing. Resubscribed. Read the Impatient Woman's Guide to Getting Pregnant, expecting that to fill some time. Completed the reading the same evening she began. Went to therapy 24 times, and counting. More googling of implantation bleeding and miscellaneous symptoms. Inconclusive. Reread Chapter 7 of Impatient Woman's Guide, entitled If One More Person Tells Me to Just Relax, The Psychological Side of Getting Pregnant. Laughed thinking back at the moment in October when she got the flu shot, and when the nurse asked, she said, yes, there is a chance I'm pregnant. Laughed with her husband at the moment very early on when they considered skipping a month in order to avoid an inconvenient delivery date. Started to wonder if she would ever achieve her dream of being on Ellen's Mother's Day episode. Considered an upside, if it takes long enough, maybe Trump will be out of office by the time she becomes a mom. Read about how sometimes cats know when you're pregnant before you. Tried not to read into it every time her cats wanted to cuddle with her. Reread Chapter 7 of The Impatient Woman's Guide if one more person tells me to just relax the psychological side of getting pregnant. <laughs> Recalculated. Isn't it magical how a certain set of circumstances in the human experience can cause a universal thought pattern? I find it so interesting. Like when I first started having my panic attacks, I thought I was a prophet. Because no one could ever have experienced anything like this before. But then I learned that other people had panic attacks too. I learned how universal the symptoms and thought patterns are of people suffering from panic attacks. It's crazy to me. Like, I'd never heard of the two-week wait before. But I'll be damned if I didn't have almost all of those same exact obsessive thoughts. I said the same thing when I got my flu shot and when I went to the dentist multiple times. They all know my story over there. 
The only thing I haven't done is started to collect anything for the baby because as a single woman, it's really strange if you've got a house full of baby stuff. But I can't wait. Speaking of can't wait, I can't wait for you to hear the rest of this episode. We're going to start off with a couple of shamans, no big deal, and then we're going to talk to Mr. Adam Hooper, our donor from down under, and a listener from Sweden who flew all the way to Australia to get inseminated with Adam's sperm. What? Hell yeah. Okay, you ready for the shamans? We got my good buddy Rob, who you met in the Homeboys episode, and who I've mentioned throughout the podcast a couple times, and his girlfriend, Mickey. They're both shamanic healers. What's a shamanic healer, you ask? Well, <laughs> I didn't know, so I, I texted Rob, and he texted me this, see. Aha, shamanic healing, a holistic healing modality that realigns body, mind, and spirit by bringing the individual into balance with the natural, ancestral, and archetypal energies. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob and Mickey. Well, I don't know. Do you have any, would you have any advice for me about the spiritual side of all this stuff? I guess it depends on what you want to do with all that stuff, kind of. You know, like, I mean, if it, right. like, again, like, if it's, like, if it's something that feels like it's meaningful for you to right. do, then sure. But if it's, like, something that you're, like, well, here's this It'd be, like, going to church. My ass, you know, yeah, like, if it feels like something that you're, like, well, I don't know why. Just throwing, what's it called? Shit on the wall? Super Is it sticks? shit? Spaghetti. Spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> but now I know your feelings about pasta. <laughs> I love pasta. <laughs> Yeah, throwing spaghetti on a wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. It's like hedging all my bets. Yeah. And is it offensive to even ask about it then? You're like, no. bitch, you're not spiritual. Get the fuck out. I mean, that's basically how I'm feeling right now. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not at all. But it's just like, you know, I mean, it's like... I, I reach out to you when I'm feeling my worst. <laughs> and I'm like, Rob, I need Aww. help. Help me do something. And then... That's kind of sweet. I don't know if I knew that, but. Well, didn't I like reach out when I was having no, attacks I mean, this summer? Yeah, right, right, like, right. I you were coming wanted... home, or we were gonna try and get together or something. Yeah, I, I just forget. wanted to help somehow because I just like felt all fucked up. Right. Or a couple years ago when I was, you know, feeling super stuck, I've called you and and you yeah, yeah. helped me. Just at least talk about things or whatever. Sure. But I just. Like, I want all these things, but I don't exactly listen. And I don't do all the things that everybody tells me to do. So I just don't I just don't know what I'm doing. I don't feel stuck right now. I feel great. I feel... Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's, a, that's probably a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't re- necessarily recommend that people do this work if they don't feel like they need to do it. You know what I mean? It's like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Kind of right. Like, like the work that we good, would like... do would be to get you to the place where you feel great. Hmm. Right. So if you already feel great, then just feel great and fuck us, you know. I don't feel, I mean, there are definitely aspects of my life that are still stuck, but about this one thing, I feel great. Mm. But my finances are still fucked. My careers are all still fucked. My love life is still fucked. And I don't know why. So I guess one thing that I could offer then is like not necessarily to do any particular kind of work now, especially not knowing to look at like the whole motherhood process mm-hmm. as like a rite of passage yeah so like once the baby is coming and you know like you're getting ready for that situation 
like that's maybe a time to think about like where you were and where you're going and what this means to you now that it's like a reality and you know the way that we would treat a wedding or you know a retirement or like a graduation you know like it's a major rite of passage and I think women get like a baby shower with a funny cake (laughs) you know what I mean and it's really it's not it doesn't have this necessarily the spiritual grounding yeah. of like, okay, I used to be that person, now I'm this person. Yeah. So I think that's that's maybe one thing to consider going forward. I think I have also had a lot of that in the last eight, nine, however long ago I started the podcast. It's like forced me to address all of my issues on a week-by-week basis. Mm. And, um, and then my dog passed away in May... And that was sort of a closing of the door of 15 years of my life of struggle and love and heartbreak and doing so much for other people, including my dog, not taking care of myself. And I think I've been really trying to do that since then. And also that I was actually going to do this really was there was a big shift as well. So I think I have had a lot of that transition happening over the last year that's been good for me and that is probably why I'm feeling good now right because you've already done that soul searching and that mm-hmm. digging and mm-hmm. it's awesome that you're not taking any of it for granted like oops I got pre-, you know <laughs> oh yeah that it's very intentional <laughs> like it's a very yeah it's a very mm-hmm. thoughtful thing and you're really you're asking a lot of questions of a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people yeah I think sometimes people get sort of locked into the idea that like spirituality or some of that or meditation or whatever like looks a certain way you know and I think a lot of it is like really just sort of about the practice of having something that you do so like it's almost like this podcast has become like a meditation for you you know it's like it's like this grounding thing that you check in with once a week or whatever that you like you know where you're focused on this aspect of your life and so like you know it may not look like sitting on a meditation cushion or like doing yoga but it's like it's that kind of work and engagement with yourself and your spirit and your you know kind of mind body unity and all that stuff that yeah you know that's more accurate to to who you are in your life you know like yeah that's cool (laughs) I like that yeah you know, I just feel like on some level with all this new age wellness stuff, people are like thinking that it's got to be totally different than it used to be. And it's got to be real quiet and introverted and stuff. And it's like, it's more like, no, what's the thing that that works for you to get to that deep place, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, what, is jinxing a thing in real life? No. Can you jinx yourself? Only if you say the same thing as somebody else at the same time, and they and they. Okay. You know. I always fear. I have, a, I have a fear of wanting things too badly because then I'll jinx it. I think. Does that make sense? So what I would say in that case is the thing that jinxes it more than wanting it too badly is you believing that wanting it is going to jinx it. Yeah, because like last That's month. Probably when, what's going to fuck it up more than actually. Right. Last month I started having. Uh, last month after the first attempt, I was like so happy for a week. I really let myself want the baby and I got so excited and I was just, I was just like the happiest. And then I had a really down week of like feeling like 
why did I let myself want this this badly? It's not going to happen. Everything I've ever wanted badly hasn't come true, so I shouldn't want it. I don't allow myself to want things that badly because I'm afraid that that will make me, that I won't be able to have them. So it's better to let myself want them. Well, are you afraid that the wanting itself is the problem, or are you afraid of the disappointment? Mm. I'm, I'm afraid the wanting itself is the problem. Because mm. I'm good at disappointment. I mean, I mean, I've gotten a lot of rejection. Acting is a really fucked up world. Like, you know, you just try and try and try, and you don't get a lot of gratification. Every now and again, you get the tiniest little, little. Chris, crim, 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 crimble, crumble? Morsel? Morsel, thank you. You get the tiniest little morsel, and that's all you need to, to give you another year of life in acting. You know? Right, right, right. Keep the dream alive. I don't know. I'm just afraid that if I... I don't know. It's the wanting part. Are you guys understanding what I'm yeah, trying yeah. to say? Okay. I think so. I don't know if I understand. So, like, if the universe knows that you want it this badly, it's going to be like, ha, ah, sucker. Yeah, I guess. Hmm. Or I guess then it's that's a... an interesting question about what you perceive the universe to be. Yeah. But I mean, that's a. Well, now we're getting real deep. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Well, like if your fear is coming from a place of like, if I want something, like the universe is not going to give it to me, right? Right. Like then that's like maybe a deep unconscious belief of like what kind of universe we live in. Like, meaning, like, that the, your belief like of the universe, universe is, like, we kind of live in a mean universe that's, like, like the bully from The Simpsons. Like, when you want stuff, it, like, comes and laughs at you, you know? Well, I have figured out that I have some resentment towards the universe. Okay. Because I haven't been able to get all of these, th- some things. <laughs> yeah. And so I've been mad at the universe. Uh, another thing I've been told is that I'm... I'm not good at receiving mm. from the universe. Hmm. I'm not trying to say that it's bad or good. I'm just trying to say like it's information. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, I think that you may be seeing a lot of people who are getting that stuff, but I think our generation maybe in particular mm-hmm. is like happening in a time where a lot of those milestones like were missed by most of us. Mm-hmm. Because like it wasn't like the reality of our lives and our world wasn't the same as the reality of our parents' lives. Yes. And so like, there was an expectation that was not met by the universe, partly because of a fucking really terrible economy and because of a complete shift in like technology and what jobs required of people and you know like a complete housing crisis meltdown and the idea like I think I was talking to my mom a little while ago and I think she was able to put down on their first house she put down ten thousand dollars which quarter of what the house cost you know and that was her down payment and then it was like a forty thousand dollar house in north white plains you know wow. and the last time i that i saw that house in the market it was selling for five hundred thousand dollars yeah so like the idea of putting down a quarter of five hundred thousand dollars is like what one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars you know like i don't have a fucking hundred and twenty five thousand dollars i've never had 
frankly, more than I needed to, like, pay the rent. Yeah. You know, in the 20 years since I graduated from college. So, like, that has never been a feasible reality for me, you know? And it's just, like, that's not... Oh, I understand why you feel fucked up about it, right. you know, and like resentful, but like you're not alone in that That's true. feeling and it's not, you know, like I think it's, you know, and you, I think you spoke particularly to women's experience of that too. Yeah. And beyond like the economic stuff, you know, I mean, I scroll through my Instagram feed and it's, you know, beautiful people doing beautiful things in beautiful places. And I'm like, how did they manage that? Yeah. How do they stay fit, do an hour of yoga every day, raise their children, have the house, travel, have a business, like, like really practically brass tacks? How are they managing to do that? Because it's inconceivable to me yeah. <laughs> that all of that is possible. And but I see it every single day. I'm fed this effortless, beautiful, you know, curated life and 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 that's you know again with the technology like 20 years ago we weren't doing that so it's like it's easy to feel like we don't stack up even when we're doing everything right and even when we are fairly happy in our lives like there's always this comparison that's being made mm-hmm. and and again like we we didn't grow up doing that yeah you know i think i think the the effortlessness that it seems everybody else has it's yeah. either bullshit. It is bullshit. You know, or or there's um, there is a sort of micro generation of us for whom it was just not in the cards for that to happen. Right. You know? Like I graduated college, and like started struggling in New York City, and I was cool with that. And then nine eleven happened. Right. And then my life totally changed course. Yeah. You know, and the economy tanked, and then. I had a nonprofit career and then 2008 happened and no nonprofits were hiring. Wow. You know, so like out circumstances outside of my control. Right. have influenced the whole course of my my right. professional life and my economic life and you know. So it's not just you. Yeah. Yes, like yes, we yes, don't yes, yes, but yes. I think there are a lot of us who are a little angry and feel like we got a little ripped off. <laughs> you know. Either like we got like we got ripped off or like we somehow fucked up. And neither's totally true, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have to do your best to, to not be resentful about it? Or just be chill with it? Cool with it? I mean, it? I guess. Like, I guess I'm still trying to figure out, like, what, you know, what was that, you know? Like, it seems like people who got out of school a little before us are all, were all kind of established before everything tanked. Mm-hmm. So they're doing all right. It seems like people came up a little after us, like, we're kind of came out into that world. And grew up with the technology, so they're like, Are oh, whatever, people... I'll just go work for Twitter or something like that, no. you know, like, and that made sense to them. Are the, are younger people doing better than us? I don't know. Maybe. I, my perception is that they are, but I could be wrong about that. They might not have the disillusionment. Right. I think that's what it is more than anything else. Not necessarily they're doing better or worse. Like, they're, it's just like that the world that they were prepared for is the world that they we're able to start to live in uh-huh. and I feel like we're in that particular window of people it's like we're preparing you for this world and then it just crashed entirely and then there was this new world that we had no preparation for and we're all kind of like ah shit I don't understand how does this work that's funny yeah you know but whereas like the people who kind of grew up with all that shit and then like we're still in the 
cocoon of college or whatever when shit tanked we're just kind of like came out of it like on the other side and we're like cool like this is Mm -hmm. this is what it is you know they knew they weren't going to get jobs when they got out of college right yeah right right (laughs) nobody gassed them up like for 20 years to be like you're gonna change the world (laughs) all of this talk about disillusionment reminds me of this time i went on this blind date with this guy tony i think his name was my friend scott set us up he was super 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 tall and very very mansplainy but he had some good like thoughts on happiness and your blueprint for life. Luckily, I recorded the conversation, but sorry in advance, we were at a little French cafe and it was kind of noisy. Check it out. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I wanna know, what does it take to be happy, Tony? If you and I wanna know what it takes to be happy, we have to understand what is our current blueprint of how our life's supposed to be. Wait, what do you mean by blueprint? Well, we have a story in our head of how life's supposed to be. Some people's story is you work hard in school, you become really great, you're a nice person, you're a good person, and then you grow up and you take care of yourself and you find the ideal man and you fall in love and you have a white picket fence and you have three perfect children and you live happily ever after. Oh my God, Tony, I know we just met, but that is totally my story. That is my blueprint. Here's what's gonna make you happy or make you unhappy in life. It's real simple, let's do a quick test. Okay, sure. I love tests. I got a 1360 on my SATs. You're in a situation right now where you look at your life. I know there's an area of your life that you probably feel pretty darn good about. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of them. Even if you're not happy with your finances, I bet you feel damn good close to your kids. Well, I don't really have any kids. Maybe you feel really good about your career. Mm, No. If you're doing not so good in your career, maybe you got a really great body that you've trimmed down or strengthened Mm, up. Actually, I've gained some weight in the past few months because I broke my leg playing basketball. Truthfully, what's an area in your life today that if you wanted to be happy about it, you really could feel proud about it. You could feel like it's an area you're doing darn well in. Well, I have this podcast that I really love. I want you to think about why are you happy with that area of your life right now today? Well, because I get to connect with like so many- If you were in a seminar with me, I'd have you write this down. Seminar? Oh, you know, Scott told me you were some sort of self-help guru or something. Oh yeah, yeah, sure, that's what he says. Whenever you're happy with an area of your life, it's because right now, your current life experience, I call it your LC, your life conditions, match or equal to your blueprint, your story, your belief about how life should be in that area. What's an area of your life you're not happy with? I mean, there are a few. How do I close the gap between where I am right now and where I want to be? Whoa, 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 please don't clap in front of my face. Is it your body? You don't like my body? Is it your finances? Well, yeah. Is it your career? Yeah. And then, answer for a moment, why aren't you happy with that area of your life right now? Well, I guess you're trying to get me to say that the blueprint I've created for my life doesn't line up with my reality, and that leads to a dissatisfaction and disillusionment. When your life conditions don't match your blueprint, you're going to have pain. I know, that's what I said. You only have two choices in life. If life doesn't match your blueprint, you either have to change your life or... In order for you to be happy, if you can't change your life, you're gonna have to change your blueprint. So are you telling me to lower my standards and give up on my dreams? We have to also know when it's not within our control. And that's how we're able to make a shift and change what our story is for our life, what our expectations are, not by lowering them, but by changing what that model really is. Okay, changing the model. I hope this makes sense to you. Sort of, I mean, I don't really understand what I'm supposed to do, but, but I like it. Are you gonna eat that, by the way? I love escargot. I still do wanna 
Okay. I have so I have got my spiritual practice, my podcast. Okay. But in 2019 is a knocking. Sure. I do want to, I'm just saying this out loud, doesn't really have anything to do with you guys, but like I do really want to get back into um, exercise and yoga and stuff like that. Cooking. <laughs> Why am I saying this right now? Why not? Cooking. I want to cook for my kid. I want to make food. Like I want to make baby food. I want to make yogurt from scratch. I just want to, I just want to make things mm-hmm. all the time. And I've never had anybody to make anything for. I know, isn't that sad? It is kind of sad. What a great thing, then, to have someone to to make it for. Yeah. It feels really good. Here's a question. Do you think, what do you think about your intentions for having a child? Some people will say, well, why do you want to have, why do you want to have a baby? And and I'll say, uh, well, I've always had this desire to be pregnant, and I've always wanted to... I think I'd be a great mom, and I've always wanted to be a mother, and I'm so great with kids, blah, blah, blah. But what if my desire is just a selfish need to feel loved? Is that fucked up? Is that bad to want a baby so that this child will love you? I think there are a lot of people who like to pretend that they don't have any personal needs when they're spiritual and they're doing stuff. So it's like, no, I'm going to have this baby because this baby is, you know, because I want to bring life into the world and make the world a better place, you yeah. know? And they're just, like, sort of negating the fact that, like, there's a real true need under there to sort of be loved by something and to exactly. care for when something. Exactly. When you get you know, to the like, root of it, isn't that what it is? I, on some level, it's just sort of what it is, isn't it? Like, don't we just sort of, like, perpetuate the species? like in... And perpetuate the love, too. I mean, that's, right. like... I want family because family is loving and connection and stuff to, you know, yeah. people to do stuff with. And yeah. Right. I'm, I don't know that there. I want someone to appreciate my pies <laughs> that I'm going to bake and my cookies. Sure. As long as you're not, like, super passive-aggressive about it, you know? No. Like, I've yeah, made these pies for you. Yeah. Super <laughs> codependent with my child. I don't want to do that at all. Oh, you don't like these pies. <laughs> I did this. Now you world. have to massage my back for a half an hour. All you really want is love. Tell me about it. Why don't you just adopt? Tony, come on. What if you couldn't have the husband, but you could have the kids? That's what my podcast is about. Maybe one reason you don't have a husband is because every time you look at one, you're trying to figure out if he's going to get you those three kids in time and how that's going to happen. And maybe he feels a little stressed when you're looking at him this way because he can feel what's going on behind your bed, even if he doesn't know what the words are. Okay, calm down, Tony. That's a little bit personal. Plus, don't put all the blame on me, okay? He should be mature enough to be able to talk about reproduction. Also, you should really listen to my podcast because I kind of go over this in season one. You know, episode one. I know I went over it in Andy's episode. It takes facing your fear, the ability to realize that no matter what happens to you, you're more than the story you think you're supposed to be. I I hear you. I hear you. And that even when you're not matching what you think you need to be, Maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe you're having to find a different part of yourself that's going to fulfill you at a much deeper level. Yeah, like like my podcast. Sometimes failing to get your goal gives you your destiny. Well, yeah. I hope so. I fucking hope so. I guess I don't... That's what it is. I don't get my hopes up. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was reading something, and I can't remember what it was. And the guy was basically saying that, like, not wanting stuff is really a function of 
Protecting yourself. Protecting yourself from like the inevitable defeat or sadness of yeah. you know not receiving it. You know because I guess I do like that with boys too. We don't want to feel that pain. You know, but like then we're just sort of living in this state of like half. Yeah, you're half. Half awesome. life all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you're like, eh, I don't know, like. It's cool, I guess. Well, it's really really hard to admit that you want something really badly because, uh, to outwardly, to tell everybody, I want this, because then they'll see the failure when it doesn't happen. Mm. And it won't be just you dealing with it. Then you'll have to see everybody's sad faces for you or whatever. True. (laughs) Or backpedal and justify. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (sighs) So wouldn't it be awesome if we lived in a society where people would actually like grieve with you and right. like, love you through that anyway and and you wouldn't have to be embarrassed that you allowed yourself to want something so badly or whatever mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> heavy yeah it's pretty deep uh, it's really crazy actually to think about I wonder if our world is kind of where it is because everybody's just like spending so much energy just trying to protect themselves from being defeated mm-hmm. and or embarrassed in front of their friends and families. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's hard. But I guess I have just, I've been very open about wanting this so badly. And I guess that makes me scared that I'm not going to have it. Yeah, that's real. But I think no matter what, I'm going to have it somehow or another. Whether it's biological, which I want it to be, or adopted, which I will also want when it happens, if it happens. (laughs) But somehow. Somehow someone will like my pies. (laughs) 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 Goodbye, listeners. (laughs) I'm really good at ending Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Thank you, Rob and Mickey, for helping me dig into that a little bit. I think you made me realize that the jinxing thing is all in my head and it all comes from a place of fear. Fear of being a failure, fear of being pitied, fear of being alone, fear of the world finding out I'm super fucking stupid. But like you said, Mickey, wouldn't it be awesome if we lived in a society where people grieved with you and loved you through your failures? Or, wait, what if... Maybe we all already do live in that kind of world and we just don't realize it. Maybe we're all living in fear for no reason. So screw my dumb fears. I'm here by giving up all my bullshit worries about jinxing and declaring how goddamn much I want to have a baby and want unconditional love. And to prove it, I'm going to do something absurd. Sure. On dating sites, I don't write, I want to get married and have a baby. 
But you know what? What's that about, too? That's an interesting question. <sighs> you know, like, what? what why happen, is that not okay to say? Yeah, what would happen if you put a 100% truly honest bio out there on, on the dating site? Right? <laughs> <laughs> and when I'm pregnant, will I say on my dating, at, at my profiles, will I say, I'm pregnant and I want some company? <laughs> Hit me up. <laughs> well, I've done it, everybody. Remember how hard I was trying to get on Raya, that exclusive dating app? Well, I'm on it now, and it hasn't been going very well. So I changed up my profile, and here's what it says. I usually like to fill my bios with sarcasm and flirty wit, but here's a new angle. I may or may not be pregnant right now. Oopsies. But wait, it's 100% intentional with donor sperm. So it's chill? I decided to take the pressure off myself and my relationships. Plus, I just couldn't wait any longer, and I'm so fucking excited to be a mom. But that doesn't mean I don't want to date. Hit me up. Is that mortifying or what? Whatever. If you'd like to contact Rob or Mickey for any shamanic healing services, you can reach them at, let's see, Rob, 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 shoresoftheheart.us. And you can also check out his music at robmcmahonmusic.com. McMahon is spelled M-C-M-A-H-O-N. Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, Rob's also a musician, a, a singer-songwriter. And Mickey, Mickey's also an author. You can reach Mickey at mickeybeloy.com. M-I-K-K-I-B-A-L-O-Y.com. Now let's move on to our next guests. Hi. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah. That's right, that's Adam Hooper from Australia. We met him in my Strangers episode in season one. That other voice is Johanna, my Swedish listener who flew down to Australia to use Adam as her sperm donor. Let me start from the beginning. How did you find my podcast? I just searched like choice mom or sperm donation or something like that. Wow. On the iTunes, then your came up, and I thought, found it very interesting and funny. Oh, my gosh. That's so amazing. So pretty much, if she has a baby, you've created it. Yeah. Because of your podcast. That's right. <laughs> so you're responsible of creating a human life. Right. So I'm the mom. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, so then, so have have you tried to have a baby before? What's your story? No, I've, I've been living this single life for so many years, and I didn't really think about babies mm-hmm. uh, for the last five years. Mm-hmm. And then I realized very early this year, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm getting close to 40 I ha- I'm no near having a boyfriend, so I'm like, mm-hmm. I have to be realistic and try another path. Amazing. What did you um, think about the other options, like sperm banks and stuff like that? Did you Do you have those options in Sweden? Last year, they changed the law, so now single heterosexual f- females can do sperm donation. They can or can't? They can. Before it was illegal. Oh, wow. But that means the law is there, but the healthcare system has not caught up. So we have a shortage of sperm sperm donors. Oh, So the lines is extremely long, and it depends what county you belong to. Mm -hmm. So the county where I live, it's four years waiting line. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. So you send in like a single female application uh, and they, I just got it back and they said like, yeah, we don't take anyone who's over 36. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's wild. Because the cut of a year is the year you turn 40 and they know it's four year waiting line. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's crazy. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think. And also in Sweden, you're not allowed to choose your sperm donor. The doctor does that for you. What? Yes. So that was my first response. I'm like, that is beyond crazy. Wow. Based on what? Genetic stuff? Genetic testing and stuff? Or They try to match with how I look. Oh my and I'm gosh. adopted, so I'm like, seriously? Oh I would never gosh. have a baby with a non-native Swedish guy if I would have a boyfriend. Right, right. So that's also like very strange for me that they try to match my looks, like my hair, my hair, eye colors, my skin. Yeah, for, for people listening at home, um, Johanna is in your tr- traditional blonde hair, blue eyes, Swedish lady. She, yeah, she, because she was adopted, she does have, um, I guess, more um, darker um, olive skin, I guess you'd say. Yeah, and, like um, South American. Yeah, South American oh. origin. Um, so, but basically she... I can't really um, see you very well. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit dark. It's dark. over there. That's okay. Yeah, yeah I turned the lights on. I've been working night shifts, so no, I feel like a vampire now with these lights on. <laughs> well, it looks like a, it's red, very red, but it, but gosh, you're. So, I'm wearing a red shirt. You guys are so, you guys are so attractive. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> both of so you. Both you think you're like a cute baby? I think so. Yeah, yeah. My, my jeans aren't that dominant anyway, so they they'll they will look. They're looking like me, just a little bit fairer skin. Yeah. So one of my reasons when I also did this is that I wanted to be able to tell my future child, okay, my sperm donor is from Australia, I know him, I have in contact with him, and I can ask questions and yearly picture, things like that. If I would go via sperm donor in Denmark, you can only do that once the child turns 18. Yes, exactly. That's part of why I've chosen to use a known donor as well just because i because of the questions having questions and wanting to be able wanting the kid to know anything at all have you ever done any like 23andme to find out more about your background nothing at all are you interested or no no, I don't care. Yeah, at all. Yeah. I've just bought my My Heritage. I actually arrived the day I flew out of Perth, so it's been sitting there for three weeks now. And um, so I'm going to wait to Monday and film a little video. Um, you've actually inspired me to create my own podcast now. Yeah, tell me um, more. Sperm World. So um, it's going to interview a lot of donors all around the world. Overall, it'll sort of um, it'll paint a picture of that there is some decent men out there and. Um, and, and hear stories of people's experiences as a as a whole. Sperm donation world. Yeah. How, so will you let me know when it's out? It's already up, everybody. I found a link to it on Stitcher. Look it up.
And in the meantime, I'll put a link to it in my show description. Basically, she grew up um, raised by a family in Sweden. And obviously, um, the people that she's been brought up with, uh, as she said, uh, nature over... All of her friends are white. Um, Yeah, so all her friends have these similar blonde hair, blue eye features, which ultimately led her coming to Australia to... um, to ask the question whether or not I'd help her. So I thought this was a great story and um, after we had a few Skype chats and chatted um, on and off um, for the last few months since um, I recorded that episode with you. And um, yeah, it'd be lovely for um, a positive story to result from this. It sure would. I hope it works. I hope so too. So Johanna flew down to Australia to catch her cycle in the end of November. She planned ahead and bought a return ticket for the end of December. That way, in case the first cycle didn't work, she could try again with Adam before she flew back home. In the interim, she'd travel around Australia with a friend. Brilliant! Unfortunately, the first cycle didn't take. In fact, she was on a medication that her fertility doctor had given her and she may have even missed her ovulation window while in flight to Australia but she had round two to look forward to. In order to ensure that she ovulated before she went back to Sweden, she got something called Ovidrel, which is a trigger shot that you inject into yourself and it causes you to ovulate 24 to 36 hours after your injection. But the downside of Ovidrel is that it causes your P-strips to always be positive, so you don't know exactly. It's really hard to pinpoint when you're ovulating. So I've I've already done five donations. Oh boy. (laughs) And we're scraping the bottle of the barrel now. <laughs> every 12 hours? Yeah, every 12 hours. Okay. So there's um, there's a condition, um, and I know the word of it, but it's in, it's a German word. But it's like metzermas or zemmers or something like that, um, which is when you can actually feel your body um, ovulating or feel pains in that region. Some people can um, feel it just prior to the ovulation because the eggs – it's normally it's got good follicle size, so it's actually like a you know a bigger egg trying to get pushed out of the um, ovaries, so they can actually feel feel it about to be pushed out. So she experienced those pains. Some little cramps, yeah. yeah you always yesterday. do every month. No, I usually don't think about it or feel it, but now of course that's the only thing I think about and try to like do I feel different things like that. Well, guess what, everybody? I looked up this mysterious pain, and it's called Mittelschmerz. It's a German word combining Mittel and Schmerz. Mittel means middle, and Schmerz means pain, meaning the pain that you feel in the middle of your menstrual cycle. Mittelschmerz. So here's how it went with their schedule. She got her positive on the P-strips. She could see that the LH was rising. And according to her doctor, that's when you should do the trigger shot. So she did the trigger shot on December 19th. But at the time, Adam was working out of town. He got back on the 20th and they immediately started doing the inseminations every 12 hours. I'm glad I probably was away now because it'd probably be up to my seventh to eighth domain now. It'd probably, <laughs> probably be puffing out dust. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, so this is going to work, but what do you do if it if it didn't work? Do you cross that bridge later, or do you have an idea? Do you come back? What do you think? Then I move into Plan B yeah. because I I do realize the age is the limit. So then I would probably try IVF. With she's already she's already seen this whole state now, so she's yeah. got no reason to come back. <laughs> All right. Would you be using his his 
semen. Semen. <laughs> if possible, or maybe even fly Adam to Sweden. Wow. What about IUI? Just not an. It's just why waste your money? Why not just go straight to IVF? Yeah, for me, like if it doesn't work, I've, IVF is. The, I think it's the best choice afterwards, uh, considering my age. So um, IUI will work with anyone who's pretty fertile or produces a good um, egg and it happens to be released soon after you getting that, obviously that insemination, the in uterine insemination. You know, obviously IVF is, is, is a higher chance. So IUI is just something that, you know, unless you're really confident that you're really super fertile, you probably just um, avoid it altogether. Okay. I mean, I think I asked all of my questions. Hope it works. Hope you're not. I hope so too. Yeah. Yeah. Go. It was so great to meet you, Johanna. I really hope everything works out. And I mean, I'm sure it will. Eventually, you're gonna have a baby, no matter what. Yeah. It was really nice talking to you too. You too. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about or say or? No, I'm yeah. good. Yeah, it was really nice to meet you. I'm so happy that you're that you've embarked on this journey with me. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Wouldn't it be a lovely story if you um follow in the next couple of days and you both get a successful um pregnancy? pregnancy. Yeah, um, that'd be yeah, pretty great. It'd be, it'd be be a real good story for both yeah. years. So yeah, fingers crossed and all the yeah. best. And hopefully, 2019's got a little baby getting born by yeah both of you. Yeah. Thank you too so much, Adam. Of course, I just love talking to you and and hearing all the information. Yeah, well, you know, I'm very passionate. I'm very passionate about this, and obviously, coming across podcasts like yours with your story and where you're at, and you know, um, there's many other people around the world like Johanna, as you can see, that you've inspired to at least get thinking and do some actions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, fertility is um, an issue that, um, you know, we don't think about. And sometimes we're at that situation where it's now or never and we're put on that spot. They're all natural feelings, especially in the, um, the, the, the world we live in now where females, a lot of people are professional and they work and have their own careers that can also keep them busy. You know, there's always that promotion around the corner or just this or, yeah, we live busy lives these days and then all of a sudden it's just like, well, if I want children, it's now or never. And it's um, it's a topic that uh, a lot of people haven't been discussing as much as they can. Um, so, yeah, these platforms are really good for everyone. So, yeah. Thank you, Thank Mani. you so much, Johanna. It was so great to meet you. Thank you, Adam. It's so great to talk to you again. I'm going to go have breakfast. You guys go have dinner. And let me know what you what what happens. Yeah, I'll okay. let you know in two weeks' time. Okay. Uh, think, Thank you. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed for both of you. Thanks yeah. so much, guys. Bye-bye. Have a good evening. Okay. See Bye-bye. Lovely to chat again. See ya. Bye. I caught up with Johanna over email and asked her if she had any good news for me. She writes, no, unfortunately not, but we're trying a different route now since this didn't work. We're going to do IVF in Denmark, and we'll have a first Skype appointment in a few weeks with the clinic. Think Adam needs to be in Europe for two weeks. He needs to get his sperm tested in Denmark under Danish legislation and have a two-week quarantine, then good to go and do IVF. So we think we will start in the end of March. I hope this is the year we both become mothers. Well, I hope so too, Johanna, and I will be thinking of you, and you've got the support of all of my listeners behind you. So good luck. We'll be thinking about you. All right, everybody, it's time to find out if my insemination was successful. 
Here is a video or pieces of a video that I posted on Patreon a few weeks ago when I was doing my first pregnancy test of round two. It's Saturday morning and I am 10 DPO. Do you know what that means? That means I am 10 days past ovulation. That means I can test to see if I'm pregnant. It might be early. I might get a negative even if I'm a positive. Here's the deal. It feels like it's gonna be a negative. I don't feel pregnant. I don't feel none. All right, so this is the Juan Fo test. Immerse the strip in the urine, take the strip out after three seconds, and lay the strip flat. Read results in five minutes. I also have this. This is an expensive first response pregnancy test. And there's three different types of tests in here, though. One is the early result test, result six days sooner. The next one is the easy read yes or no result. The third one is the rapid result test, quick result in one minute. But I used the first one, the early result test, last month. So does this work early too? I don't know. Okay, so I'm just gonna dip this in the pee right behind you. Excuse me while I dip this. One, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand. Then you lay it down for three minutes. This one's called digital pregnancy test. Maybe I'll fast forward this part where I'm reading. Oh shit, I might as well look because I just looked at the clock and that amount of time has gone by and this is what I'm getting. There's no other line there. Now what they say is um, even if you have the faintest of lines, it, it detects HC, it detects HC, <laughs> HCG. I don't see any fucking line, just the control line. That's the control line. And then any other line on there would indicate that I've got HCG in my urine. Now, don't forget, this is about six days before I'm supposed to get my period. And these tests are not as, um, sensitive as the first response tests. Then the video goes on and then the first response test is ready. Where does this say? <laughs> no. Rude. Anyway, okay. I guess that's it. Thanks for watching. Thanks for being here with me while I took that test. I'm much, I'm much less, um, <sighs> last month was harder for me because I uh, got my hopes up and then I had a little bit of a letdown. Mm, whatever. I'm feeling much more well-adjusted this month. That it is all part of my journey and um, I'll get there one day. All right, well, oh shit. I gotta go to acupuncture. Love you, goodbye. Now, like I said, that was an early, early pregnancy test. A lot of home pregnancy tests aren't sensitive enough to detect HCG in the system until there's enough in there. So here's another video I posted on Patreon two days later. Morning. I'm gonna test again. Here's the stick. One, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand, four. Okay. And then we skip ahead a few minutes. Okay, it's three minutes, 26 seconds, so I think I can look now. I'm I, you know what I think. Oh boy, it's upside down so I still can't see it. Totally nothing.
totally nothing. Just that one control line. <laughs> um, okay. Well, it's still early, but probably not. I'm gonna stop testing now and just wait till I get my period. Okay. Love you! And that's what I did. I stopped testing. Then I got my period. Like the next day. Oh well, no big deal. That's life. That's how this goes. And hey, now we get to look forward to next week. And you know what next week is? Insemination round three. But don't worry, I'm not doing anything gory in this one. <laughs> I'm done with the graphic episodes. I've had enough for a while. Actually, there is something a little bit graphic in the next episode. But hey, it's not half as bad as the stuff you've already heard. You're already way desensitized to this stuff. Okay, so here's what you can expect from next week's episode. We're going to do an insemination baby round three. Then we're going to take a trip to a fertility clinic and talk with a super cool doctor named Dr. Kalen. Then he's going to check out my undercarriage. <laughs> and then he's going to order Zach a semen analysis. And then you're going to catch up to real time and find out if I'm pregnant. No two-week wait for you, babies. And after next week, we'll be in real time again. Hell yes, I am sick of living in the past. In fact, we're kind of in real time right now, sort of. I mean, I don't even know if I'm pregnant, although I will in a few days. And my Patreon subscribers will know too, because I keep them updated on all the secrets all week long. Do you want to be in the know? Well, it's easy. Just join my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash spermcast and subscribe for a dollar or two a month. Contrary to popular belief, podcasts are not easy to make and they're not free to put out there into the world. So all of your support is incredibly appreciated. One more time, that's patreon.com forward slash spermcast. Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Thank you to my new subscribers who subscribed last week. Joy Jasinski, Julie Dove, Tori Power, and Connor Coughlin, or Coughlin. Thank you guys so much. I really, really appreciate your help. Thank you so much, of course, to Rob and Mickey and my blind date, Tony Robbins, and to Adam Hooper and Johanna. You can find all of their information in my show notes. Did I already say that? If you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe to Spermcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to reach me, hit me up at 323-741-1818. You can leave me a voicemail or text me at that number. Or you can email me at spermcast at gmail.com. Follow me at spermcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And that's it. I love you. He could be bald and bearded, shorter or tall. Funny, smart, love basketball. Gay, straight, black, white. Tiny ass with an underbite. I just need Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.